0: You're listening to the Comic Book Informer Podcast with Vince and Raj, a podcast for everyone from comic nerds to comic noobs. You know who you are. Now here's your host, Vince.
1: Hello, everybody, and welcome to issue 57 of the Comic Book Informer podcast. We are coming to you on Wednesday, December 14th. As usual, this is Vince with my sidekick, Roger. What's up, buddy? Not too much.
0: Well, Star Wars. (laughs) That's the only thing that matters in life right now is Star Wars.
1: (laughs) And a moment of silence for our poor friends who aren't in yet. Oh, poor Joe. (laughs) (laughs) He found out he's getting in on Friday. For those who don't know what we're
0: talking about, of course, if you're not into gaming, the game, the MMO, star wars the old republic um launched the their early access so for people who had pre-ordered the game depending on when they pre-ordered they got in as early as on tuesday which is what we got in on and uh joe's getting in the poor bastard on uh on friday but still hey i told him too that's still uh, an entire long weekend before the actual release so you can't
1: really complain too much Yeah, poor guy's not going to get any sleep. Oh, I know he's
0: already planning.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Chain them Red Bulls. Yeah, pretty much. All right. Well, for this episode, um, we're going to do a bit of a history lesson to start off with. And way back in the early days of comics, I'm talking the 40s, before superheroes really became a thing, the more popular comics were – The kind of things you could see in the movies, horror comics were really popular, Uh, detective comics, noir was of course huge at the time, and a big part of that was crime comics. And before everybody threw, you know, got up all up in arms about, you know, loud music and rock and roll and all that, comics were what came under fire as, you know, poisoning our youth and particularly the crime comics because, well, they depicted Crime. It was a, a, a realistic depiction of things that happened in the world, and we can't have our children reading realistic things. So crime comics went away for a long time, and recently we've been seeing them kind of starting to come back with stuff like Sin City, um, Powers. Uh, not so much – that's more of a detective, but you have enough of the crime stuff going on there and even Bendis's earlier work. And what we're talking about today, criminal. Uh, Specifically, we're talking about the latest volume that came out, uh, Volume 6, The Last of the Innocent. It's published by Marvel's Icon imprint, and it's written by Ed Brubaker with art by Sean Phillips. And it's taking that noir style and that semi-realistic, just nasty crime story and – bringing it back in comics and you've been telling me for days now that this is going to be a very interesting episode so i'm guessing you didn't like this see that's the thing you've been waxing poetically
0: about this for a while now and and i exaggeration for the sake of effect of course but you've been so impressed with it and so maybe my expectations were a little too high and i read this and thought really i overall wasn't impressed. Now, that's not to say that I, I point blank didn't like it, but, well, no, that, actually, that's not entirely true. There are parts of it that I didn't like. The The flashback scenes that look like a rerun of an Archie comic I did not like it it is so jarring and takes you out. And I think that that's, I know that that's part of what they want. They want to take you out of the main story so that you can, you know, experience the flashbacks, but it was ridiculous. It just looked absolutely ridiculous and it wasn't always consistent. I found either. And so I just, I didn't like it. And then the, the, for the majority of the story, it was one of those, how many times have we seen this? There's absolutely nothing original, in this story. We've seen this th- kind of thing over and over again. The foreshadowing is so heavy and the 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 stereotypical s- scenes that you you've come to expect from this type of story that there was nothing surprising at any point throughout. I in it was bland, it was boring. I
1: really I just wasn't a fan. Hmm. Because I, for me, this is one of the favorite comics I've read this year, and I don't know. Maybe it's maybe it might be personal taste. Uh, maybe you just have experienced more stories of this type than I have. But I, I, while I didn't find it, you know, groundbreaking, I still found it, you know, very interesting and entertaining. I didn't.
0: I didn't. And and it's again, it, it's hard for me to to look at a comic and and say point blank, you know, like I just wasn't a fan. I didn't like this because going in, I always have this expectation that I'm going to love what I'm going to read. I I don't go into something with a a negative opinion of what it's going to, unless it's Superboy. (laughs) But (laughs) other than that, I go in wanting to be entertained, thrilled and and to really love it. So it's not like I'm a hard audience. I'm an easy sell to a certain degree though. If, and and no offense to Ed there, but in, in, if you're a lazy writer relying on cliches and whatnot, then I am a hard sell because then I'm not as impressed. Then I'm not going to be as, you know, as enthralled with the story because it's crap we've seen already over and over again. And again, there's there's a certain amount of, of originality that you can impart Into stories that are cliches, we've seen that, and we've been happy with some of them. Case in point, Samurai's Blood, which I was just
1: gonna take mention that,
0: yeah, is a story that we've seen that type of story, but they inserted just enough original content that it is something that you really can get behind and still love. I didn't find any of that in this, and it's not because of the genre either, because I love this type of story as well. So, and part of it was the the characters as well I I just I could not get behind the characters you certainly can't get behind the character of uh, the main character and so there was just nothing to feel good about in this story nothing to really you know be looking forward to the next issue for me personally
1: mm-hmm. well uh, Riley especially as the character and we're gonna get into more detail uh, in a bit uh, I I think he was built up to be somebody who you could Almost like before, you know, if you're like Riley at the end of this story, you might want to see a doctor. <laughs> so the, the, I don't want to call him the protagonist, but he's the closest thing we have in the story. You know, the main character, he, he he's supposed to be unlikable, but. I don't know, it's, it's just it's a dark, depressing story there, there. There's no way to come out of this with a happy ending. And I, I was OK with that. And I would have been as well. There are characters that are despicable
0: that still by the end of the story, you're not rooting for them, but they entertained you and you really had a fantastic time. And so it's not that I have a problem with that per se, but here it, that that wasn't the case. He He's a boring character and I understand that part of that is because of everything that he's gone through everything that he is going through as well with the death of his father and this this midlife crisis that he's going through and his wife cheating on him and everything else there's there's a lot going on here which is why he is so depressed but it just winds up being this this just sad and pitiful emo crap and it's like ah it's just someone schmuck this guy upside the head and tell him to grow a pair and just move on with his life and Mm -hmm. to me when it's a character like that then it's a lot harder for me to get behind and you know enjoy
1: all right well the first thing I want to mention I was going to save it for later but since you brought it up was those flashbacks and you hit it perfectly that they were done in the style of the old you know Archie comics which I don't know about you but I read those growing up oh of course I did So and that was very much on purpose because so much of the what I perceive as the depth to the story is that juxtaposition of that idyllic, uh, nostalgic feeling of, you know, Riverside. That was the town, right? Riverside, Riverdale, Riverdale. Yeah, Riverdale. And, you know, how everything was perfect and how everybody was happy. And all of the characters in the story are analogs to Archie and his friends. And it's it's that. Twist that you see, you know how nothing is ever as good as we remember it being. You know the old saying, "You can't go home again," and you know, all that, and just it. That's what I kind of enjoyed about this: seeing that that how they were playing off the nostalgia to really what again, from my perspective, to really ramp up just how terrible things had gotten for Riley.
0: And see, I saw what they were doing as well, and um, because I mean, hell, it's betting Veronica and Archie kind of thing. I mean, that's mm-hmm. that's just what it is. So you can you you can see quite easily what it is that they're doing, but to me that doesn't make it right either. Um it's it's just because you got a good idea that hey, let's just try to, you know, think outside the box here and make it look like this, doesn't always make it a good idea either. And in my opinion, it just it just didn't flow at all. And again, I I understand the need for that distinction between the two times. However, it can be done better. You can have flashbacks where you are using a different art style and a different mentality and things like that. Wherein then it, it still has the, the, the comic as a whole has a nice flow. And I just felt that this did not. I, I just...
1: I. I will agree with you on that one. Um, I, I think they could have been better placed. Like the the points in the story where the flashbacks did come up, just they did seem a bit awkward. I I, I will buy that. So I, it wasn't perfect. Don't get me wrong, but I, again, you you just didn't like it as much as I. And that's okay. We're this is the first time in a while we've straight up disagreed on something. Yeah, I, I'm actually glad. <laughs> <laughs> we've we've been ge- we've been agreeing way too much for you know my my taste. <laughs> Well, I got more than. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let, let, let's take a quick run through the story here. Uh, our main character is Riley Richards, Archie Andrews. Ha ha ha. Okay. And at the beginning of the story, he's returning home to uh, what was it? Uh, Glendale, I think was the name of the town.
0: Uh, give me a second and I will find it because I've got the issue right here.
1: <sighs> so Riley returns home at, to visit his sixth father. He's in the hospital, stomach cancer. You know, things aren't looking good. And it's the first time he's been home in years. He, you know, meets up with his old friends. Uh, you know, his old stoner buddy, Freakout, who you know is trying to live a clean life. Uh, his former girlfriend, Lizzie, who is just as uh, nice as he remembers her being and he's kind of starting to 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 feel happy again because you know living in the city has really worn riley down uh to the point where he even finds out that his wife was cheating on him uh his wife felicity was actually cheating on him with uh his old uh, childhood rival teddy and not only did he find out he found out in a pretty terrible way where he actually witnessed the act and let me let me say this now before we continue this is a mature comic. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So if you think you're going to read a, a PG crime story, it it's not happening here.
0: And see, this is right then and there, you're getting the cliches. Honestly, stuck in the closet while your wife's having an affair with a, with a wooden slat door. Why not just put them under the bed? It'd be just as cliched.
1: Okay. i still haven't found the name of the town screw it doesn't matter i guess we're going with glendale and if it's wrong sorry brubaker yeah really (laughs) feel free to come on our show and correct us
0: after this i doubt who's gonna want to talk to me (laughs) i'm not insulting him let's be very clear here i just i it's again things are subjective and Mm -hmm. this does nothing for me
1: okay so and then his father dies. Things, you know, come crashing down. His one little bit of happiness comes to an abrupt end. Especially because, uh, because of the funeral, Felicity comes into town, and he's confronted with her. And well, let's just say she's a bitch. <laughs> Again, it's Veronica Lodge. Yeah, and it's- it's, it's, she's how she's supposed to be. <laughs> yeah, it's Brookview, by the way. Brookview. I, I was close. I, even, I had not even. No. Not, not even, even remotely. Not even
0: <laughs> so, yeah, no, it's, again, it's a, it's the stereotype of the spoiled rich kid. It's spoiled rich bitch, we can say that, um, is what it is.
1: And, like, again, it's it's not original at all. Mm-hmm. Well, and then we see what, you know, if Riley is so miserable, why is he sticking around? Well, for one, she's rich. <laughs> and not only is she rich, if he were to leave here he would have absolutely nothing so as he says he he admits flat out that he is sticking around for the money especially because he's also uh, got a bit of a gambling problem and uh, without that money he's going to be short a couple kneecaps and well at this point riley is still somebody relatable to to the reader you know okay everybody's you know been in a bad relationship you know been stuck in a, a place they didn't think they could get out of Uh, But at the end of the first issue is where Riley takes that turn that most normal people wouldn't and decides that the only way he can get out of this situation is to kill Felix. So that's where this this takes that twist, and it becomes something different, something where where Riley is no longer relatable as the reader, but we can be interested in seeing where it goes.
0: That's open to debate. Uh, (laughs) Again, I'm not I it's it's I it's going to be my go-to point. Yeah. It's a cliche. It's it's a cliche. And so it's and it's it's not like he's the only one to use it. You can't turn on a freaking, you know, CSI or or any cop show without seeing the same kind of cliche mm-hmm. all the time. And so I mean, you can't just hold it against him. It's a lot of writers
1: rely on that, but it just It doesn't work. Well, I mean, in in my eyes, there's only so many ways you can have your character decide to kill his wife and still have it be believable and realistic. I mean, at this point, I think we pretty much exhausted every realistic option.
0: Well, see, the, the the thing too is is spoiler alert for everybody, of course. I mean, we've already spoiled a whole bunch, but the the thing is is that you've got this character that has lived a reasonably normal life and because they make a big point of how normal, you know Brookview was and things like that and all the people and things like that. And he got pampered by marrying the rich girl and then he had the the job where he got into management with the father, the father-in-law's company and this and that. And, and he knows it was never good enough. He doesn't have the breeding again, cliched crap. Um, And then it's like all of a sudden though, I mean, yeah, he's got a gambling problem, but it's not like he's got getting visits from freaking, you know, Vinny and the boys with two by fours aiming at his kneecaps. And all of a sudden though, not only is he pondering murder, he does murder her and then he kills his best friend from growing up in cold blood now it's not like his his wife that you know he just caught her cheating and you know there's some angst there which you know I can I can appreciate maybe that there'd be some anger but it wasn't even then it wasn't in cold blood it was prepared meditated but then his friend it's like cold blood murder of the friend just because he knows what happened so you're taking a character and all of a sudden you've spun him into this freaking demon and you're anticipating you're asking your your audience to take that huge leap of faith and I couldn't
1: okay well, yeah. Over the course of the story, Riley does any number of completely terrible things. Of course, murder. But <laughs> there's the more that's personal a pretty big things. one. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, you know, that that's almost something we could get on board with. Like you said, it you you can almost relate to his state of mind. If not, you know, you can conceive yourself making that particular decision you can at least see where he's coming from but it's the other things he does along the way you know the way he treats the people around him uh, the, you know especially freak out you know his best friend how you know he's, he's you know had troubles in his life trying to improve himself and Riley is facilitating him falling off the wagon and it's and he's been clean a year they made yeah. such a big deal about the year thing and
0: yeah
1: yeah <laughs> <laughs> So it just seeing the depths that Riley goes to. Like I said, this is not a happy comic. You, you, you're not the the there's no redeeming quality here. And it, while a lot of people won't find that entertaining, I, I can agree. But I still found it interesting just to see, you know, the 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 depths Riley would continue to go to. That's what's so interesting about these crime comics. They allow us to see something that. As normal people we would never even think of let alone experience and just that's what i found most interesting just seeing just how terrible riley could be and you know i I was legitimately depressed at the end of the story but (laughs) and not not in a bad way you know it's like same you know same as you see you know a, a depressing movie or you know something like that how it's It can be entertaining without being uplifting. And again, we we just are differing wildly on this. So there's no point in dragging it out. I liked it. I enjoyed it. You obviously didn't. Yeah. Yeah. And what's funny is that the more we're talking about it, the less I'm liking it. (laughs) <laughs> like I th- and, and, and I'm trying to come up with good points and I'm just like no he's not gonna he's not gonna no, go along with no, it no
0: no I because again I'd read it and it's not like I sat around meditating about it and trying to you know put down in notes everything <laughs> I like, thought about I missed something yeah and- no I'm not going over this with a fine-tooth comb because quite frankly I did not think that it warranted it but now going over it again and thinking about everything it's like yeah you know what no really I would not recommend to, this to someone. Again, my apologies to the people who worked on it, but
1: I would point-blank tell people to actually avoid it. Wow. <laughs> yeah, we, we're, we're just differing wildly, and I, I would say, it, like I said, it's one of the better comics I've read this year. Now, granted, it's not a lot of strong competition, <laughs> and I would definitely rank it underneath some others, but uh, I still really enjoyed it. I mean, honestly... It, you're not going to get a, uh, a a good recommendation one way or the other from us, so you know, go to your local bookstore, <laughs> grab a cup of coffee, check it out. If you like it, buy it. If you don't, well, I try. <laughs> I Actually, I would like to hear from other
0: people because, again, yeah. I it would not surprise me if other people liked it, and I'm fine with that. Again, very subjective, and for me it didn't do anything, but I would like to hear. If anybody actually read it and really liked it, leave us a comment on the show notes or send an email to either Vince or myself at combookinformer.com. I'd love to hear if there are some differing opinions uh, like who you agree with on this one. Because mm-hmm. we all know I'm right. Well, yeah, in this case...
1: Now, you not know, not so I, much. I, I think the last time we have like completely disagreed on something is probably going back to those Thor comics I made. To read. <laughs> I am made. I, <laughs> I do have to admit after reading a few issues, I was coming around to your point of view on that one (laughs) because it it just wasn't working for me as much as I wanted. (laughs) Like I I was willing myself to like them after points. And yeah, so (laughs) you have been right. I'll admit that much, but want to call my wife and and tell her. (laughs) She won't believe me. She needs to know this. This is important. (laughs) so instead of beating around criminal for a while uh, let's just go ahead and pass on to what we've been reading lately and I've got some good and I've got some bad this week and god I know you're gonna give me a hard time over this
0: well let's start with the bad then we were already on bad let's just keep at it
1: okay fine let's go let's keep going with the bad action comics oh yeah well no I agree <laughs> I've really been wanting to like this I, I I was I was cool with the first couple issues issue three started kind of... Yeah, it, By issue four, the story's gone completely off the rails. And if their goal, not just with the new 52, but specifically Action Comics, was to make this accessible and, you know, make Superman an interesting character, when the story is as crazy and insane and over the top as this has become, that's not going to happen. They, they've gone from trying to make something accessible to going back to something that really only longtime fans are going to appreciate. And... The only reason I went all the way to issue four is because it had a backup story for steel and I've always liked the character of steel and they screwed that up too. most ridiculously stupid character design I've seen. Like, (laughs) yeah, steel, who's a guy who walked around and, you know, it's literally a steel Superman suit. That was cool. Like it had a cool aesthetic to it, but just, they made him generic cyborg guy and ruined that. But beyond that, My biggest complaint with this is at the end of issue four of the story, it ends on a cliffhanger and specifically tells you they're going to finish the story in issue seven. No, (laughs) you can't do that. If you're writing a story in a comic book, a monthly publication, you don't get to take breaks. (laughs) You can't leave on a cliffhanger, go tell something completely else, and come back to it. That is not something I'd say you can do in a monthly comic book. I agree. So I am completely and totally done with action comics. I tried. I really tried. I feel the same way about that. I feel the same way about Superman as well. I really... I I came up halfway through the first issue, so...
0: (laughs) Yeah, I'm just not, and I've been trying. So yeah, no, I haven't been digging either one of those, which is... I, I it's just not surprising.
1: I I'd hoped yeah. I would, but it's not surprising. So. So, and here's what I said, you're going to give me a hard time over this cuz I know you. But I loved defenders. I have read you? it. I have okay. read it. Now, Matt Fraction as a writer, there there's good Matt Fraction and there's evil Matt Fraction. Good Matt Fraction is what you see on Invincible Iron Man right now. Just a cool story, you know, he's playing with a lot of crazy ideas. And and that's stuff he's done in the past. Um, I've actually been going back and reading his uh, Casanova series, and that is the most over-the-top, insane, but-in-a-good-way story you can find. And then you have evil Matt Fractions, which is what we're seeing on Fear Itself and uh, Mighty Thor, and I don't need to really elaborate on that. So, like I said, Defenders was going to be a coin flip. Well, it came up heads, and we have good Matt Fraction because Defenders, as a concept, uh, a team built around Doctor Strange and you know supernatural stuff going on, gives Matt Fraction that that little ball to play with, you know, his his sandbox where he can literally do anything he wants, and it's over the top in a good way. And this this is I don't want to say over the top like it's ridiculous, like it completely inconceivable. He takes it just far enough, at least in this story. Uh, we have a cool. T- group of characters. Of course, you have Dr. Strange, who... Dr. Strange, a, a right now, at least in Defenders, is being played off as a completely unlikable person, and I'm kind of liking that twist on his character. Uh, we, of course, have Namor, who is always entertaining. Uh, the Red She-Hulk shows up in the story, and that's cool because uh, there's really no place for her right now in the comics, and they left her in an interesting place. I'm, I- I'm glad to see somebody using her at for something other than red woman that punches things silver surfer who has gone through some character changes recently and he's entertaining in his role here and then you have you know these four supremely powerful people silver surfer being one of the most powerful people in the galaxy and then you add an iron fist why is iron fist on the team because he's a guy that owns an airplane (laughs) that is his role on the team (laughs) but it's just a fun comic it's Old school, but in a good way. Like Superman was a bad old school because it told an old school story in an old school style. Defenders is good that it takes that classic story, but tells it in a more modern storytelling way that I just really, really enjoyed. I I was cautiously optimistic about Defenders, but that first issue was perfect for me. So it's that type of story that I really enjoy, but I acknowledge people like you, Roger, may not.
0: I, uh, I'll give it a shot. I'll give it a shot, but uh... I don't know because that's the same crew that was together for damn it. What was it? That was in Fear the, itself as well. The that deep, was... similar. Like yeah. it, it's
1: that 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 was kind of what they were going with. How yeah. you know Doctor Strange and Namor have been friends for so many years, and the the previous incarnations of the Defenders. So we got a few of those people people together in the deep, and that was one of the more enjoyable Fear itself stories. So 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 you know they're, they're they're kind of rebuilding and building upon that to to bring the defenders properly together again. I'll give it a shot.
0: I I can't say much more than that. <laughs>
1: I all I ask is one issue. <laughs> Fair enough. All right, uh, you got anything for us this week? Uh, I got caught up on the the Dark Justice League
0: crap, and I'm not digging it. At all. It's all over the damn place. Mm -hmm. I I understand that they're doing the same thing. And see, part of this is also just that. You're getting the same thing in every single Justice League Teen Titan group thing where they're spending like three or four issues just getting all the team together.
1: Can I pause you right there for one second? Go for it. That's the best thing about Defenders. Halfway through the issue, the entire team is together.
0: Yeah, really? How long does it take? Friggin' pick up your cell phone, text your buddies, come on, (laughs) it's party time. Exactly. It doesn't take
1: this long. Defenders proved you can still do that in a comic
0: book. (laughs) Well, the thing is, is that, again, I can appreciate how they want to give everybody that backstory Mm -hmm. because they're wanting it to be that jumping on point. However, there's a point where it's like, it's too much. It's just like, no, it's not. You're just dragging it out for the sake of dragging it out. And... And also, I'm I'm having a hard time with many of the the Dark Justice League group. And show me, you know, accoutrements that are enchanted. I freaking jackets <laughs> and coats that are enchanted and crap. Come on, I, I I could never get behind that. It's just, it's just stupid. So I really. I just haven't been digging it, and then I've been getting caught up on Swamp Thing as well. And you can really see how they're trying to rewrite history there, and retcon the the story. And it's like,
1: um, I know I'm not you're seeing like, too much retconning in there. Well, changing honestly. the reason
0: that it wasn't him that died that they brought back; it was well, that a, was
1: all that was all retconned and Brightest day. They're just going yeah, with it at this point.
0: Well, I'm sorry, I'm not. <laughs> I, Folks, I'm not in a bad mood today. <laughs> <laughs> hey, what, what pain meds are you taking today, man? I'm, I'm on none. I'm not in a bad mood well, at all. It's problem. just, yeah, really. <laughs> <laughs> Crack open a bottle of wine and get yourself some T3s. Uh, no, it's just that, really, dude, I've been having a hard
1: time finding a freaking comic book that's been enjoyable the last little while. Uh, that's all you got, then? That's it for now. Okay, well, I can promise you there will be at least... One, no, I'll I'll promise you two good comics this week. How's that? All right. All right. So let's get into those new releases. On Marvel, we have Avengers Academy number 23. That ain't it. No. (laughs) No. I've been liking it, although I'm liking it a little less now than I was a couple months ago. Avengers X-Sanction number one, which I guarantee will have great art from Ed McGinnis and a face-palm-worthy story from Jeff Loeb. But if you want to keep up with uh, all the big stuff happening in the Marvel Universe, unfortunately, you kind of have to read it. Not recommended, but it's there. Ghost Rider number seven. uh, Have you been reading, keeping up with that? Uh, I'm back one issue, I believe. Yeah. Okay. I hate that it was canceled because so I've I. loved every issue. So do I. Journey into Mystery 632, the Christmas special. So New <laughs> New Avengers number 19, Ultimate X-Men number four, and here's one that I promise, Uncanny X-Force number 18. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, okay. The finale yeah. to the Dark Angel saga. Uh, for DC, uh, i only really got three that I'm looking at this week. Batman and Robin number four, Demon Knights number four, and Frankenstein, Agent of Shade number four. And then to wrap up from everybody else, uh, from Arkea Entertainment, we have something I've really been looking forward to. It's a uh, hardcover graphic novel of Jim Henson's The Storyteller. It's uh, I grew up watching the old Jim Henson Storyteller series, loved it, uh, to that just Henson imagination. And it, we have stories created by a lot of the industry's top talent, including friend of the show, Janet Lee. So I'm really looking forward to seeing what they're doing with that.
0: That was something that if I... If I'm right, I believe that was, uh, they had a part of that story in the free comic book from them, from Arkea, in uh, mm-hmm. the summer, uh, Free Comic Book Day.
1: Yeah, I wasn't able to snag that one, but I got to make sure to get to my comic store bright and early this upcoming year, because Arkea said their Free Comic Book Day issue is an entire hardcover.
0: Are you serious? Yeah. Dude.
1: Yeah. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> Seriously. Seriously. <laughs> all right, from Dark Horse, we have the first issue of The Strain, based on the novel by uh, Guillermo del Toro, uh, who's just you know, one of those guys I love everything he does. I really enjoyed the book, so I'm looking forward to see what they do with the comic. Uh, number two, on my promise, the final issue of Samurai's Blood. Exactly. And then also from Image, issue 92 for The Walking Dead.
0: It, it, so, that better get better. That's all <laughs> I'm saying at this point. Because well, I am disappointed. Roger, the crabby episode.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, I guarantee you'll be a little happier next week because uh, we got some angel shanking to talk about. So please join us next week uh, for issue 58 of the Comic Book Informer. Uh, and again, Give us your thoughts on Criminal if you've read it. Either Vince at ComicBookInformer.com or Roger at ComicBookInformer.com. Help us settle this debate or we're going to be arguing about this for years and years to come. And uh, we will see everybody next week. Email me. He lies.